Welcome to the Divorce Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Carolee Fontanelli, and I am a divorce lawyer and author and have been through divorce myself. I'm here to support you throughout your breakup journey. On this podcast, I will share with you my secrets and legal tips on how you can thrive through your separation in small six-minute increments. Don't do it alone. I have got you. Good afternoon and welcome back to the Divorce Collective podcast. My name is Danielle Young and I'm a senior associate here at Collective Family Law Group. Today I'm going to talk to you a little bit about um, the critical incident list. In June 2020, the Federal Circuit and Family Court of Australia rolled out what they have termed a critical incident list. Now that list is specifically designed for matters where there is no available parent to care for a child due to death, including homicide, critical injury or incarceration due to family violence and where orders are required so that appropriate arrangements can be made for the subject children. The list is a national list and it's managed by the Honourable Justice Jacoba Brash. The overarching objective to the list is to give access to and facilitate a prioritisation of the matters within the court system. It will allow matters to be dealt with on an urgent basis to facilitate a third party caring for and making decisions for children where there's no parent in the circumstances I described before. The list is a national list and it's effective in all states and territories except for Western Australia. The Chief Justice of the Federal Circuit Family Court of Australia noted that the process will help not only the children but their families as well. He went on to say, family violence is a national disgrace and far too often results in the death of a parent at the hands of their partner or former partner. It is an extraordinarily tragic and stressful time for the children involved and the extended family members who are suddenly left to pick up the pieces and care for the children and make arrangements for their health and education. The criteria that must be met for inclusion in this critical incident list are the following. The person making the application is not a parent of the subject child, that there's no available parent to care for the child due to death, critical injury or incarceration relating to or resulting from a family violent incident, that there are no existing final family law orders in place, nor any state welfare orders in place relating to the care arrangements with a non-parent or that already allocate parental responsibility to a non-parent. And finally, that the applicant requires orders for parental responsibility to make appropriate arrangements for the subject child, like educational or medical decisions. If approved for inclusion in the critical incident list, the matter is usually allocated a first return date within seven business days of filing. Given the urgency of these types of matters, the applicants are also able to bypass any pre-action procedures. The application is commenced in the critical incident list by filing the necessary documents via a national email address. Those documents that are required to be filed are an initiating application, an affidavit and a notice of child abuse, family violence or risk. There is no need in these lists or these matters to file the usual genuine step certificate or parenting questionnaire when making an application to be included in the critical incident list. The national assessment team will consider the application 
And as I mentioned, if it meets that criteria, the matter will be before the judge in charge of the critical incident list within seven days. If the application does not meet the criteria for inclusion in the critical incident list, it will be referred to a registrar of the court for listing. This is another move by the Federal Circuit and Family Court, which is welcomed by the profession and by the community. The Court's Family Violence Committee worked with the Queensland Homicide Victims Support Group to establish this as a way for people to have faster access to dates before the court in circumstances where no parent is available. And sadly, such orders are all too often needed during those times of crisis. The Executive Officer of the Queensland Homicide Victims Support Group said that the critical list sorry, the critical incident list displays an understanding from a victim's perspective and it will assist in establishing genuine support and greater certainty for children in the most abhorrent of circumstances. If you need further information about this new critical incident list, then you can refer to the court's website at www.fcfcoa.gov.au or please get in contact uh, with a family lawyer uh, who can assist you um, in such matters. All right, bit of a heavy topic, um, this one today, but nonetheless, that critical incident list is a really, really uh, useful thing that the court has introduced uh, during those difficult times of crisis. And hopefully it will assist during those times in crisis in getting some certainty for children who are left with a non-parent as a result of those devastating effects of a domestic violence incident. Thanks for tuning in again. Um, we hope you will tune back in next week and listen for the next podcast that we'll release. Um, and as always, if you're getting any value out of these, give us a thumbs up or a star rating or a review or whatever it is on the platform you're listening on. And that's a way that hopefully we can get into the ears of more people to help. Thank you for listening to the Divorce Collective podcast brought to you by collectivefamilylaw.com.au. If you got value from this week's episode, I would love it if you would hit subscribe and take a minute to leave a review. You can connect with us on Instagram or Facebook just by searching for Collective Family Law. And remember, until next time, you have got this.